in the garden with Keynes Garden Centre Kilcolgan for the best selection of trees and shrubs in the west of Ireland. See keensgardencentre.ie. And he is here resplendent in his Keynes Garden Centre jacket. It is the one and only Tom Stewart. Tom, how are you? Very good, Alan. Very good morning to you. Uh, morning to you as well. Uh, if you want to send in any gardening questions, any issues that you're having uh, in your garden, be it the front or back one, do send us your question. 086-1800-964. We have two vouchers uh, worth €30 Euro for Keynes Garden Centre to give away to two lucky Morning Focus listeners. But before all that, Tom is going to impart some fantastic gardening uh, knowledge on you. And Tom, this week's topic that you want to uh, fill the listeners in on and enlighten them on a little bit is a selection of native trees and hedges. Yeah, thanks very much, Alan. Yeah, so um, I just thought we'd have a chat about these. We, we sell a lot of them around this time of the year and native trees, I suppose, have been part of our surroundings since the Ice Age, really, and have therefore become very accustomed and have developed to suit their environment. And they support lots of wildlife, both large and small, and have many benefits from providing us with shelter from wind and rain, protecting soils, and also, of course, adding beauty to our scenery, blossoms and berries and colour. Uh, trees and hedges, they also make, obviously, a, a great, well-known um, contribution to combating climate change by absorbing carbon dioxide and producing oxygen. So we have around 28 native species in Ireland of, of trees and lots of varieties that have been introduced to Ireland that have become somewhat naturalised. The likes of beech and sycamore and horse chestnut and spruce larch. Uh, and they help to add a, a rich, diverse range of plants that have become part of our landscape. Amongst the most popular of our native varieties is hawthorn, which grows in hedges throughout the countryside. Beautiful, sweet <clears throat> smelling blossoms in May are a real standout feature in the fields around the country. And then in autumn and winter, you get the nice deep red haws or berries and they coloured bare twigs, which are a real favourite for the birds, particularly the, the blackbird. But lots of other uh, birds are, are keen on, on the haws. Uh, it makes a fantastic neat hedge as it clips very well and is often used as a stock-proof hedge due to its thorny nature. You can also allow it to grow, uh, to grow which allows it to flower and fruit a bit more freely. Uh, hawthorn can be, can be found near holy wells and is famous in Irish folklore as the fairy tree and it's also considered unlucky to cut uh, an old one down so people would avoid that it'll grow in most soils and will take wind and coastal exposure so that's hawthorn sometimes called white thorn really good tree and one of ireland's most traditional and widely distributed trees are alders which can be found in damp areas sometimes beside lakes and along riverbanks where there are strong fibrous roots may help to keep the bank uh, and keep the soil in place around the bank Alder will grow in most, most soils and likes wet sites. Uh, if grown in rich, damp soil, alder will grow rapidly and is a productive tree for timber. In ancient Ireland, se uh, sections of alder trunks were used as round shields. Later, it was used for making clogs and in the furniture trade, it was known as Irish mahogany. Because of its resistance to decay when it's submerged in water, alder has been used to make sluice gates and other structures along streams rivers and canals. So you can see it's perfectly suited if you have a wet area in your garden where you'd like to plant a tree and are suited to most soils as well. Uh, Gelder Rose or Viburnumopolis is another native tree or large shrub often seen in country hedgerows. It has uh, maple-like leaves and a beautiful white lace cap flowers in the spring, followed by clusters of translucent red berries in early autumn. It's a great uh, addition to a wildlife fruiting hedgerow. Uh, grows best in a sunny spot, tolerates exposed conditions as well, and is fully hardy. So that's Gelder Rose. Hazel is another native Irish tree, once believed to be a tree of knowledge. It's a large deciduous shrub or small tree with a spreading kind of bushy habit. The large leaves are broad with a somewhat a serrated edge and they turn a nice yellow colour 
in autumn. And then the long yellow male catkins appear in January and February. Although the tiny red styled female flowers appear on the same tree, they must be pollinated by windblown pollen from another tree. Then from September, the hazelnuts appear covered in that frilly little green husk around the base. They are uh, quite a delicious and, and very nutritious, high in protein and minerals and vitamin E. And hazelnuts are one of the foods associated with the very earliest human settlements in Ireland, where hazel was also used for a strong, flexible timber to make huts. Uh, hazel scrub woodlands covers extensive areas of limestone, particularly on the burren in the areas of North Clare. So hazel is, is quite a, it's, it's been around for ages and quite a popular one. Uh, crab apple is a wild ancestor of the cultivated apple with sweetly scented pink white blossoms in spring and the apples provide uh, an autumn feature in the garden as well as a useful crop as well a truly native species found in old woodland and is found in hedgerows throughout the country the flowers are a good source of uh, early pollen and nectar for insects particularly bees uh, crab apples can be grown as a freestanding tree or they're excellent as part of a fruiting hedge and are hardy so they can take exposed sites and, and uh, open situations so that's just a selection of some of our native trees and shrubs there's lots more we could talk all day but if you're interested we can put together a native bundle for you and you can add some of these to wonderful plants to your own garden Okay, lovely stuff and uh, you'll be delighted to know the questions are flooding in but before that you have a few jobs for the Gardeners of Clare for the week ahead yeah, thank you, Alan. So certainly with the cold weather and its promises, stick around for a little while, keep an eye for the birds in your garden, keep those bird feeders topped up. Maybe also consider if you've any tender plants, you could protect them with a bit of garden fleece if you have something that might be frost sensitive. If you have dormant plants that are in the wrong place now and, and they need moving, you could do that now. Just try to avoid digging frozen soil because you damage the soil structure. Uh, if you uh, you can use a greenhouse fumigator or smoke bombs to clean out your glass house or your polytunnels from any unwelcome or overwintering pests uh, before you start planting up for the season. And new seeds and bulbs and seed potatoes, they're all going to be arriving in garden centres uh, from now on. So perhaps start planting and selecting varieties that you might be keen on growing this spring. OK, brilliant stuff. Let's get into it. So the Morning Focus listeners have been sending in their gardening questions. And first up, Tom, is a question from Bridget who says, Alan, can you please ask Tom if it is too late to prune apple trees? Good morning, Bridget. No, so um, as they're still dormant and as the weather's still cold, it's, it's during that dormant time, usually from November to February, when you when you pr- prune your apple trees, Bridget. Um, what you're looking to do if if your tree needs pruning what you're looking to do is create a nice open structure um, sometimes we use the analogy of, of a, a wine glass or a goblet so you want a nice open structure avoiding uh, or trying to remove any crossing branches that might make the centre of the tree congested just to allow for good air movement and then if you have any dead diseased or damaged branches you can remove those as well but Bridget yeah no, no harm to, to uh, prune them from now no harm at all Okay, we move from one pruning question to another. Uh, Mary is listening to Morning Focus in the Hinge. How are you, Mary? She says, hi, Alan. Will you please ask Tom if it is too late to prune roses now and what will happen to them if they're not pruned? Uh, good morning, Mary. Um, I suppose the first part of your question, no, not too late. So you can do it in January or a lot of people do it in February. But um no, no, no harm at all to do it uh, now if you want to, or you, you're, you're certainly not too late. You could do it next month as well. You could do it in February. Um by cutting them back, you encourage a lot more uh, vigorous and healthy and, and stronger growth. Um, and it's it, you're a lot better to cut them back if you don't um, 
they won't perform as well if they're not cut back. So it's sometimes we, we say that if, if a plant is put under pressure, it tends to perform better. Maybe a bit like uh, ourselves, if we're under pressure, we might you might get a bit more work out of us. But certainly by cutting them back, it encourages lots of nice bushy growth and you'll have a healthier, stronger plant. So certainly, Mary, you can cut your roses back now if you want or any time in February as well is still OK. Okay, there you go, Mary. Uh, next one. Uh, good morning, Tom and Alan. I have a weeping willow for the past two years, but the branches are not growing down. Only a few of them are. Is there anything I can tie onto the other branches to get them to grow down? Thank you for all the tips and advice, says Mary from Tulla. Good morning, to you, Mary. Yeah, that's a, that's a little bit of a, a strange one. So weeping willows, by their nature, the branches should be um, coming down. Now, sometimes they might have a bit of a almost horizontal thing and, and they will come down over time. Now, sometimes willow are prone to suckering. Sometimes you will get branches uh, coming from the base or, or along the stem, which would have an upright nature. It's the top part that's grafted on. It usually has the more of a weeping nature. And if you have suckers coming from the base or, or the parts of the tree, they might they won't have the, that weeping nature about them. So maybe if you stand back and have a look, if some of those branches that you spoke about um, are more upright, if there are suckering branches coming from lower down in the, on, on the tree, they, um, they you're as well to remove those. So not normally, we, it wouldn't be common to, to tie something onto branches to, to bring them down. So it should be their nature to do it that way. But just maybe have a little look, see are some of those upright branches, are they suckering branches? Or if they have a very upright nature, I'd remove them altogether. There might be a little bit of what they call reversion. That's some branches just, um, they, they don't have the qualities that you want in, in that weeping nature. So nothing really to hang off them, Mary, but um, maybe... Um, just looking out for those branches, perhaps just remove them altogether. Okay, Christine is listening to the show in Six Mile Bridge. Hope you're keeping well, Christine. She says, good morning, Alan and Tom. Can I ask when is the best time to cut back a very mature climbing hydrangea is, please? Good morning to you, uh, Christine, as well. So yeah, your your climbing hydrangeas, certainly if it needs cutting back, I, I'd be cutting it back now while it's, it's still somewhat dormant. Um, sometimes it, it can be quite a vigorous plant and, and it can get a bit heavy and, and even they can create a um, too much weight on the support, whatever, be it a trellis or or sometimes they, they will cling to the wall by themselves. But by all means, Christine, yeah, if, if it was getting too big, you could remove any of those heavy branches any time from now on, no harm. Okay, Barbara is up next. She says, good morning, Alan. I'm wondering if I should cut back my crustaneums. They've stopped blooming now and have turned brown colour. Also, do they require shelter from the frost? Uh, Barbara is wondering. Um, yeah, good morning to you, Barbara. If if the the uh, top material has all gone brown and died, I, I would I I'd remove it all. And on on severe frost, yes, I I would protect them. You can use something like a bit of garden fleece. Um, can be beneficial, or even um, a heavy bark mulch around the base will, will help protect the roots. So um, have a look at that. But all that dead material should be cut back. Some varieties aren't as hardy as others and mightn't reliably come back. So have a look. A good mulch around the base can give it a little bit of insulation, but certainly cutting all that dead material away, absolutely no harm, Barbara. Okay, uh, next question comes from another Mary. Uh, she says, we live near the sea and are very open to west winds. Can we plant apple trees, both cooking and sweet, in that position? Uh, what type and best time would be most appreciated if this would be possible? We get strong winds and salty air a lot. Good morning, Mary. 
Yeah, yeah, um, apple trees wouldn't, and I'm sure if you look around your neighbourhood, they wouldn't tend to do well in in what seems very open and exposed situations like that. They tend to like more of a sheltered spot. Sunny sheltered spot is best. So perhaps if there is a sheltered area um, to the back of the garden or towards the back of the house or the side of the house or something like that, um, and there was a bit of an established hedge or some trees that would give it a bit of shelter, they might um, perform somewhat better. But if they were to be put in the, in that open uh, area towards the front or, or to, you know, on where, where the exposure is coming from, they tend not to do very well. Um, some of the apples I recommend, something like um, James Grieve is a good tough apple tree and, and really nice. And it's a, it's a nice one to, to grow and it's a nice tasty apple. Um, but I would look to try and provide it with a more sheltered area. And, you know, maybe... It, Maybe it just might not be viable. Certainly, have a look around and see if any of your your uh, your neighbours or anyone in the locality is growing apple trees, and if they're growing some successfully, that might be an indication that yours will do well as well. And it's it's a good way to to have a have a, an indication of how well your own would do. But I'd be suspicious, Mary, that you mightn't see many other apple trees grown in the area. You could also consider something like the um, the coronet, the mini, uh, the miniature apple trees. So you can grow them in containers, like a large pot or a barrel or something like that. And it could be because it's in a pot or whatever, you could locate it in more of a sheltered area. And they don't get a whole lot taller than, we'll say five, five and a half, maybe six foot tall. Um, so they can be grown in containers and that might suit a bit better, uh, Mary. So you could look out for a Cornet miniature apple tree. Okay, I hope you, that helps you, Mary. Jer uh, and Shannon is wondering, Tom, could one transplant pots into the ground now? Um, if you have stuff that, that are, that's growing in pots and, and you wanted to transplant them, um, you, you could. I suppose it depends on the, on the nature and, and the variety of plants. If they were tender, I'd be keeping them in for a bit longer. Um as I was saying a little bit earlier, if the ground is frozen and if, if you dig frozen ground, you damage the soil structure. So it's, it's best to, to avoid digging in uh, if the ground is frozen or, or uh, waterlogged or anything like that. But if your soil conditions are good and, and the um, maybe it might be next week, maybe there's a bit more for thaw and, and the, the soil is is uh, in good order for digging. You could, Jer, if you had some shrubs or something that were in pots and you wanted to plant them out, you could do. No problem. Okay, the honours of the final question of this week's In the Garden goes to Maura Hines in La Hinch. Maura says, good morning, uh, I have a gardening question. I have three hydrangea, two mop head. The mop heads are sprouting leaves at the moment. When should I prune or shape the shrubs so that I don't damage future flowers? They are in large pots and I'd like to keep them there. Thanks in advance. Uh, P.S. I left dead flower heads on them over the winter. Good morning to you, Mara. Yeah, and, and, and thanks for your question there. So yeah, your your hydrangeas, they might be starting to produce a, a little bit of new growth. I'd probably hold off till kind of late February, um, um, March, or even sometimes into April when you can see the flower buds um, emerging. And as, as you rightly indicated, you don't want to cut them back too hard. If you do, you'll sacrifice the flowering because hydrangeas, will they flower on the previous year's growth. So sometimes I'd wait until you can see the buds emerging and it's it's from that point you could cut them just above the buds so you know you're not sacrificing the flowers. And I think it, I think it's a good practice more as, as you've done to leave the old flower heads on. So I, I'd wait another couple of months just till you can see emerging buds and you can cut just above those uh, with safe in the knowledge that you won't, um, you won't sacrifice or damage the flowering for, for later on in the year. 
Okay, brilliant stuff and well played, Tom. However, there can be only two winners uh, of the vouchers. So each of the 30 euro vouchers for Keynes Garden Centre are going to Barbara and to Christine in Six Mile Bridge. So well done to the two of you, but uh, everybody there is a winner because they've been imparted with some fantastic knowledge uh, from the large gardening brain of Mr. Tom Stewart. Tom, thank you very much as ever. My pleasure, Alan. Take care now. Thanks again.